Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Goal! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Hello guys and welcome back to the SC Playbook AFL podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm Charlie and I'm going to be your host tonight uh, and I'm joined by two of the best names in the business. First of all, we've got the SC Bandit. Bandit, how are you going? Did you play footy on the weekend? I'm good, Charlie. Good to be back on the uh, on the podcast. Yes, did have uh, local footy on the weekend. We've uh, we got a win, thankfully. We were not looking too good at halftime, but uh, we managed to to have a good second half and record our uh, our fourth win of the season. So uh, four and two, which is a good spot to be. Lovely. You've done better than me. I think my uh, Aled Uni Blacks, the B grade, we lost by about. 10 goals in the end, um, and it wasn't pretty vision for those spectating. Um, other person on the line is Stevie Nico. Um, is, was that his wife that just walked into the room? Yeah, just brought me a cup of tea, the doll. Oh, you. lovely, lovely. 2021 <laughs> runner-up. Um, how are you going, Nico? I'm good. I'm good. No footy for me on the weekend. I had potty training, so it shows uh, the stages of life that we're at, lads, so... Yeah, I'd rather be in uh, in your position out on the footy field, that's for sure. How's the, the family going? There was a bit of sickness going around last week, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. Levi's just um, back teething again, which is his normal thing. Um, Zara's fit and healthy. She's all good and the wife's bounced back as well. We're all, yeah, we're all fit and healthy, thankfully. Lovely. Well, I'm, I'm keen to jump on and talk some Supercoach with you boys. I've just spent the last half hour watching uh, Farmer Wants a Wife with Mum. Um, so I'm pretty keen to chat some footy um, and we'll get into the first topic, which is just a broad um, chat about your team and, and your score and your ranking. I'll start with you, Nico. Um, you had a big week by the sounds of things um, where well, you were up and about very early on. How'd you go for the rest of the round? Yeah, I wouldn't say big looking at you know some of the scores that were out there, but a 2-5-4-8 for me, which is in the top 4% and got me five out of five league wins, so not complaining, and a, a rankings boost up to 2,177, which uh, is not as good as the host and the chief over here, but um, <laughs> something uh, something to chase down. Yeah, I did have a pretty good week. I, I scored a 2-6-2-3, um, which moved me, up, moved me up to 1,216th. Um, but yeah, as we'll probably get onto a bit later on, my buy structure looks pretty um, not great. I'm going to say I've, I've completely abandoned it, and I checked last week, and um, yeah, it's not looking too great. Bandit, are you doing better than me in terms of your buys, or you know how how do you score on the weekend? Uh, yeah, buy planning's not going too badly. I feel like I'm better prepared than what I was last year, but uh, yeah, I scored two five one five. Uh, for the week, so a little bit behind uh, where Nico was, but that still managed to uh, to bump me up about 700 spots. Uh, so I'm currently sitting at uh, 5,248 uh, overall. So um, feeling pretty good about that, feeling like I can um, maybe trade my way up the rankings through the buys, hopefully with um, hopefully not as much injury carnage as what we've had in the first half of the season. But uh, yeah, feel like we're heading into the buys in a good spot, which is um, which is nice. What about your your three, two, and one votes, Bandit? I'll start with your winners. Um, who'd you rank? 
Yeah, so, I mean, I'd be surprised if we don't all have the same uh, BOG this week. I gave three votes to, to Zach Butters for his 184 against uh, Melbourne, 41 touches and two goals, just a, a monster night. Um, yeah, huge game and well done to those who uh, who VC'd him. Uh, gave two votes to, to Zach Merritt, um, was a popular trade-in this week uh, and he didn't let those people down either. He scored, I think it was 162, I think, or, yep. So, uh, yeah, just a, a huge game from him. Um, he looks almost to be like a must-have now given that Essendon play West Coast and North Melbourne twice uh, from here on out. I don't know how they managed to get that fixture, but uh, they must have some friends at AFL House. Uh, and just a bit of rookie love to finish for one vote, uh, Will Ashcroft. Uh, lots of people thought he might have maxed out, but uh, he popped out his biggest score for the year with a 124 on the weekend against Gold Coast. So uh, we can hold him to his bye, which is great. What about you, Nico? Who gets your three, two, and one votes? Yeah, so maybe a little bit controversial, but I've only given Butters one, um, oh. probably because I don't own him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jack Sinclair, two, for his 160 uh, and bounce back, which was brilliant. And three to Zach Barrett for his... 160 on debut for me, and um, yeah, he looked really, really good. Just special mention to Josh Dunkley as well, who got me a very nice captaincy score as well. Lovely. Well, I've, I've gone slightly different to to you guys. I've gone three votes for Jack Sinclair with a 160. Um, and as I was writing out my weekly rap article, I actually found out that was his highest score of his career. Um, so huge to be a part of that. That was a, a real good score. I've gone two votes for Jack Steele, um, purely just because of the injury cloud during the week. He summoned superhuman strength to get up from that um, and play on Saturday. And to play as well as he did was pretty awesome. Um, and then one vote goes to Josh Weedle, um, who when Alex Sincotta was was not named or when Alex Sincotta was you know potentially going to be used as the sub, I think many of us relied on, on Josh Weedle for that D6 on-field score. And he delivered um, with two goals in the first quarter. I think he finished with 28 touches or something. He, he won the Rising Star Award. Um, so he had a sensational breakout game. And as a Hawthorne supporter, um, Bandit, I, I assume we, we you know come from the same cloth here, but I, I'm really excited to see where, where he goes in the future. Um, and you know, hopefully he can take this Hawthorne team back to the promised land. I doubt it'll come from him specifically, but um, yeah, it's really exciting. Nico, what about your your LVP, your losers? Um, who'd yeah. you rank for that? I'll start with the Hawk uh, in Will Day for his 74. He did get tagged, but obviously we're expecting better uh, and we're hoping to have a, a cheap premium. Instead, we've got a mid-pricer perhaps there. So uh, two to Blake Drury for his 12 people who uh, traded him in. Maybe they deserved it after bringing him, him in off a of 17. Um, but just killer for those people who, who went early on him as well. Uh, and three to Sam Simpson, um, subbed out of the game on 20. Not what we want, uh, and hopefully, fingers crossed, he can keep his spot, which is uh, maybe looking a little bit shaky. Uh, special mention to Angwin, Chester, and Davey, who are all poor as well. Yeah, totally agree there. What about you, Bandit? Oh, I'm still recovering from the fact that Nico only gave Butters one vote, and you didn't give <laughs> you didn't give him any charge. What does he have to do? He's not... He's not in my team. I'm sorry. If, if, if you're not in my team, you don't exist. I'm sorry. That's just oh, the way it is. He played like prime Gary Ablett Jr. Oh. <laughs> what more does a kid have to do, honestly? Uh, anyway, we'll move on. I'll, I'll, I haven't gone for low-hanging fruit uh, like Nico with uh, LVP potting, <laughs> potting rookies. Uh, gave three to, uh, to Jezza Cameron. Uh, hasn't hit uh, three figures for a month now, which is... Very, very frustrating for owners who um, thought he would be doing
doing a lot better than what he is, but it's kind of reflective of how Geelong are going at the moment. They just don't have the the cattle further up the ground to, to get the ball to him regularly. So he's, uh, he's suffering as a result. Um, gave two votes to Noah Anderson. Um, the last two weeks have been pretty disappointing when you consider one of those was against West Coast and he hasn't been able to ton up in, in either of them. Um, his break even is now over 200, so he's going to be bleeding a fair bit of cash uh, in the next couple of weeks as well, which is not not ideal for those who traded him in at an elevated price. Uh, and then I gave one vote to uh, Adam Simpson, um, simply just for tagging in a game that they had no interest in winning. I mean, <laughs> what the hell is that about? I mean, they're just, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. I mean, there's no incentive for him to win that game. I mean, Hawthorne almost won by default, really. Um, but yeah, West Coast are really battling. So yeah, that was, uh, that was frustrating. How does the second bottom team beat the bottom team by over a hundred points? It's nuts. That was that was crazy. I was as a Hawthorne fan. I was look. You never, you know, want to root against your team. But in the in the the race for Harley Reid, I was kind of hoping we lost that. Um, but it's still you know it's still good to see us win. Um, my votes. I've given one vote to Jordan Dawson. Um, bit rough. He got a ninety-two, but I brought him in and. He's probably hoping for a bit more against the Bulldogs. Um, but, yeah, he gets my one vote. Two votes goes to Sam Simpson. He's completely stunted his cash growth. He looks like a, a must trade out. Um, and then three votes goes to Harry Sharp with a 47, um, which is rough because if Simpson didn't play so badly, I wouldn't have had to field Harry Sharp, but I did in the end. And, yeah, just didn't get the job done. He got subbed off at three-quarter time, which is pretty unfair. Um, so... Look, he might have been in for a bigger score, but I think his job security is still good. Is it, Nico? Yeah, I think so. Probably because of the Kitty Coleman injury. Um, I reckon that's maybe saved him for a few weeks. Um, so I guess we'll see maybe when Rich comes back in too. Uh, but yeah, look, I'd see that as a plus 27, Charlie. So I don't know, a bit harsh, I reckon, that three votes. like fielding. It is. I, I know. Well, I mean... I scored pretty well. It was hard to find any losers in the team. I had to settle for those three, which is, uh, yeah, pretty rough. Yeah. Um, guys, you've been listening to Eddie. Nice, nice uh, <laughs> guys, you've been listening to Eddie talk about Mortgage Choice, SCW, a lot over the last 12 months on the show. And most people like me are probably thinking they're way off being in a position to buy a house and that it's irrelevant to them. But actually, they can get you a loan for pretty much anything. It doesn't even have to be a house. If Santa brushed you for a PS5 this year, or maybe the toolbox needs an upgrade and your boss is too stingy to chip in, Paddy and George can make the dream a reality. And the best part, no more sacrificing your avocados for two-minute noodles, because the $129 fee is waived when you mention SC Playbook. These loans are quick and easy, with the money dropping in your pocket within days. So after a few years of COVID causing us grief, treat yourself in 2023 and shoot them a message on their Instagram handle, at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on our website for the email, phone contact, or QR code if that's easier. Boys, it's time to get into really the bulk of the podcast, and that's discussing the big topics um, facing super coaches this week. We'll start with probably the biggest one, and that is what to do with Clayton Oliver. Um, I was watching the game live. I saw he, he kicked the ball inside 50. It was very off screen. It was, it was right at the bottom of the screen. Uh, screen. I, I, I did see him clutch at his hammy and I sent a message in, not thinking that it was too much. He went on and played the rest of the game. So, I mean, that's a positive sign, but there's been um, some reports that have come out in recent days saying that he might miss up to a month. Bandit, is there anything that we have to worry about here? Yeah, look, I, I'd be very surprised if he played this week. Um, Melbourne came out this afternoon and said that um, 
there was a little bit of a strain there in his in his hamstring, and he'd be out for the for the short term. Um, I know that's something that a few clubs are starting to do now. They're starting to name players out for sort of medium, short, or, or long term, which is um, incredibly frustrating from a, a super coach point of view when you don't have a um, sort of weak time frame on it. Um, clubs are sort of deferring back to um, short or medium term to try and um, keep it as vague as possible. But um, as you said, Charlie, I think the fact that um, he sort of clutched at it in game, but then played out the rest of the game um, suggests to me that it's probably more on the minor side. Um, there was also a bit of talk that he was also training today. So, um, yeah, look, I, I'm preparing him. I'm, I'm an owner. I unfortunately traded him in this week, which was which was annoying. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm preparing to, to hold him. Um, the good thing is that, um, you know, we probably just have to hold him this week. And then um, from round 12 onwards, it's um, it's best 18 with, with buys. So, um, you know, if if you've got enough players to cover him, then you're probably in a in a not too bad spot. Hopefully, yeah. There's a couple of like, I guess, little conflicting reports out there. So, the AFL website have jumped on and said that he's got a confirmed hamstring strain, which he does. But they're saying they're going to sideline sideline him for several weeks. Whereas, if you read the Melbourne official website they actually say that at this early stage, we anticipate Clayton won't be available in the short term. So, yeah, I'm thinking the same lines as Bandit. I think it's going to be one or two max. And that means that he's an automatic hold? I think so. It's got to be. Yeah, I I think at this point, yeah, I'm weighing it up as well. Um, But I think no matter how many weeks he does miss, at 659k to find the money to bring him back in um just seem like i don't know where i'm going to find that cash from and i think it's just way easier and, and way more beneficial to just hold him in the team um look ben as you yeah. said look it is definitely going to miss this week but yeah there's no actually clear timeline on it um so i think holding is, is just the safe way to go yeah i tend to agree i mean short term could be one week like they might just sit him for this week just as, as precaution um, and then he might be straight back in the next week. So um, that would be an absolute disaster if you trade him out and then have to bring him back um, over the buyers. That would just be way too hard unless you've got, you know, 25 trades left. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I don't think there's too many people left in, in that position. So I think if the, you do, um, the sensible play is just to hold. Sorry, Ben. If you do trade him, you're probably going to have to cull a sheasel type or something to bring him back in, mm. um, I reckon. Yeah. Um, Nico, are there any other injuries that we need to be aware of that happened uh, over the weekend? The only one of significance but has been sort of, um, I guess, given the, the AOK, is Bont copping a knee knock. Um, so he's had some scans and there was nothing structural there and, and it looks like the dogs aren't too concerned with that. So hopefully he should be all good. That would be an absolute disaster if, um, if he'd missed a week as well, but I think he's okay. Yeah, um, Peter Laddams with a with an ankle injury that definitely opens the door for Lachlan McAndrew um, to keep his spot in the side. And it's also pro- probably worth noting that um, uh, Machito Owens uh, got pretty brutally concussed um, in his game. So um, hopefully he pulls up a ride and, and obviously send best wishes to him. I don't think many coaches have him, but um, he certainly had a, a sensational year so far. So hopefully he can get back to that form. Um later on or when he returns. Guys, second topic is, uh, well, pretty broadly, just buy period trade targets. Um, and in saying that, are there any solid cheapies coming through at the moment? We had a couple of blokes, or a couple of North Melbourne blokes make their debut 
on Saturday in George Wardlaw, uh, well, and Eddie Ford made his made his season debut. But um, Nico, are there any other ones that you like the look of? Uh, yeah, look, I definitely like the look of those North Melbourne boys. I think um, I wouldn't be going early, but I, I definitely like them. Uh, I brought in Fleeton early. Speaking of not doing that, um, I <laughs> did it last week purely because I thought his job security was rock solid with coming out for five or six weeks uh, and all through the buys. So I brought him in with the idea that I wouldn't be trading this week. So that's why I went early. I actually quite like his job security, but his scoring potential is not great. So I think only obviously a bench option for him. Um, The other one that um, sort of caught my eye a little bit was another Kanga, and that was Phoenix Spicer, who's on the bubble. He got 50 points and he's a, a 124K forward. Potentially... Um, someone else to, to consider this week as well. Yeah. What about you, Bandit? Um, do you like the look of any of these blokes? Maybe even a, a Kane Baldwin at a, a slightly more elevated price tag? Yeah, we certainly got the certainly got the role in that Essendon team, doesn't he? They're, they're riddled with injuries down back, uh, the Bombers at the moment. So they've sort of thrown him back as a sort of makeshift key defender, which seems to be uh, the go for these um, sort of swingman types. So... Um, yeah, look, he hasn't been terrible. He's averaging 68 um, through his first two games, which is which is promising. Um, the major drawback, I think, is um, a his price. Like he's he's 50k more expensive than than a standard rookie um, compared to you know a Fleeton who's um, 50 50 grand cheaper. Um, that's pretty significant at this time of year. Um, and also his scoring capacity as well. I'm just not really in love with sort of key defenders this year, particularly with the Liam Jones experiment that we. That we sort of had at the start of the year. I'm a bit off um, key defenders, so yeah, not not for me personally. But you know, if you are desperate for a downgrade and a warm body, he's um, yeah, he's definitely not the worst because I think his job security is not too bad. Well, Laverde is back in a couple of weeks though, so that might mm. squeeze him out. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, for what it's worth, I think I'm going a week early or two weeks early on uh, George Wardlaw. Um, I loved what he what I saw on his debut. Um. He had 85 points, 56% CBAs um, from just 63% time on ground. I think he's the real deal. And, yeah, North Melbourne have, have been crying out for him all year pretty much, and he finally got his start and did not disappoint. Um, guys, is it too late to jump on a couple cheapies that have already risen in price? I'm talking Bailey Humphrey, Josh Weedle, Harry Sharp. Nico, I know you're a big Bailey Humphrey fan. He's scored 117 and 101 in the last two games. Still has a negative 54 break-even. Is he still an option? I wasn't a big enough fan to bring him in. Um, mm. so that's, uh, that's a bit annoying. Um, I think the ship sailed, mate, with that one. Um, and I'm stuck on the dock wishing him a safe passage. So, yeah, yep. I, I think it's done. Yep. What about uh, what about your boy, Rory Atkins? Is it too late for him as well? <laughs> yeah, same boat, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, disappointing. I probably got talked out of that one a little bit potentially but um yeah yeah look it, it is what it is um they, they were always going to be a risk um probably you know a, a decent chance that one of them was gonna was gonna hit um and for both of them to hit i mean if you've taken if you've taken the plunge and got them in yeah good on you um ride the wave and enjoy it yeah bandit what about josh weedle he's slightly cheaper than humphrey he's at 230k tunned up for the first time in his career Break-even of negative 47. Looks to have a pretty good role in that Hawthorne team. If you've missed the boat on him, well, if you haven't traded him yet, have you missed the boat on him? 
Uh, well, it's a it's a tricky one. Um, I think this is definitely the absolute last week that you can get him in potentially. Um, you know, if you've got a Chincotta sitting on the bench and um, you know you've got a little bit of cash um, in reserve, you can maybe sideways him to to Weddle this week. Um, I certainly wouldn't expect him to score as well as he did last week in that game against West Coast every week. Um, you know, they were essentially playing, you know, not even a VFL standard team on the weekend. And um, he actually kicked a couple of goals early, which which kind of set him on a path to to that score. So, um, yeah, I'd, I wouldn't be expecting, you know, any more than sort of 50 or 60 points from him in a, in a normal game. Um, but, yeah, with, with a break even of negative, negative 47, that's, that's pretty hard to ignore. And he should make at least... You know, at least another sort of 100, 120k before before his buy, hopefully. So, um, yeah, if you don't have him, I think this is absolutely the last week to, to pull the trigger. Nico, what about Harry Sharp? He's still only 162k, so he's actually cheaper than George Wardlaw. Averaging 52, negative 22 break even. We spoke about him just before, about his job security with Kitty Coleman out. Um, yeah, if you haven't yeah. bought him in yet, can you still do it? I don't think well, so. would you still do it? The, yeah. No. I, th- I think the fact that he was subbed uh, is a huge red flag. So that's, to me, that that obviously means he's fringe 22. Um, so, yeah, I, look, I've got him, but I wouldn't be bringing him in uh, now. Not at all. Bandit, do you have anything on that? Yeah, you never know. I mean, we saw Seamus Mitchell get subbed out, and I think what was his bubble game, I think, the third game that he played, he got subbed out. Um, oh, from memory, so, and then he and then he was named in the in the twenty two the following week. So um, you yeah. never know. Chris Fagan was was pretty positive in in speaking about him last week. I think I saw a couple of comments from from Fag saying that um, you know his body had really matured over the last couple of years and he was ready to string some games together. So um, you never know. He could just be one of those guys that finds yeah. a way to stick around and makes that makes that one hundred fifty k or after. The fact that he was subbed though after those comments, I don't know, just irked me a little bit <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But... The other thing that irked yeah. me as well is speaking of um, people being sub, Dylan Williams being the sub on his bubble week and has gone, you oh, know, he's yeah. come on pretty early in the match <laughs> and he's gone on to keep his spot and he's made 206k, like kills you. Yeah, he's been mm. one of the of the year and no, and no one has him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, with the with Harry Sharp getting sub, I think at that point the game was pretty much done. Um, so I don't think there was a lot of tactics in, involved in it. It could have just been giving him a rest, you know, subbing him out at three-quarter time instead of not playing him the week after is probably a much better situation and, and one that I'd prefer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I've got him. If I didn't have him, I probably wouldn't be bringing him in. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there's merit in it, but, yeah, it's not for me. Um, yeah, I think, with, I think with Wardlaw coming in, um, in a couple of weeks, he's probably one that you can that you can skip. Yeah, agreed. Boys, buy planning. Um, I don't believe in it. You guys might. The the vast majority of super coaches might, but yeah, I certainly don't. How many primos do, do we, you currently have? Uh, yeah, go on. Yeah. What, can we remember what your rank is now, or going into the <laughs> after the buys, please? Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll make note of my uh, my NRL super coach rank as well. They've got the uh, the Origin buys coming up this week, so. It'll be interesting. I've never paid too much attention to it, and I've kind of just lucked myself through uh, through each year. But um, yeah, Nico, how many how many primos do you have out in each round? Because usually that's a pretty good indication of you know how well you're going to score each week, depending on how many primos you have in your side. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously you want to be making the, the minimum 18 um, players uh, as well. But in round 12, I've got five premiums that are out. In round 13, I've just got the one, which is Stuart. Round 14, I've got six out, uh, which might be a little bit more than most. Um, round 15, I've got seven out. So, yeah, part of my decision to, to bring in Merritt uh, instead of Sam Walsh um, was due to buy planning and that looks like it's going to work out perfectly. Yeah. Um, just for those listening, it as you said, Nico, well, you know, you've kind of gone from lowest amount to highest amount as the buys progress. Mm. I mean, I think that's a, that's a really important thing, obviously, because if you've got a, a round 15 player or a round 15 buy player that you've got, um, it makes it a whole lot easier to, you know, to, to get your numbers up by bringing someone coming off their buy. Um, so if you can plan ahead for that, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty good. I, I've got seven out in the first buy round, uh, which is just atrocious. I don't know how I let myself get to that point. Um, I brought in, well, I started with Jack Steele. I traded him out when he got injured. I brought him back in, um, even though he did not fit my buy structure at all. I don't, don't know what was going through my head there. Um, round 13, I've got zero, um, but I think that'll be pretty similar across the board with most coaches. Round 13 is a very favourable buy. Round 14, I've got Dacos, Redmond, Dawson, Laird, Oliver out. Um, and then round 15 is pretty relaxed, which is Siebel, Doherty, Bontempelli, Taranto, Rosie, and Cornelio. Um, so, that I mean, I've just got to escape the first buy period, and, and then it might be smooth sailing from there. But Bandit, how are you going with, with your buy structure? How many primos do you have out? Yeah, look, pretty similar to Nick. I've kind of um, back-ended uh, a lot of my primos to be out in round 15 um, with the idea that I'll sort of trade into, you know, have a, having a full 18 um, in the buy rounds before that. So um, assuming that Oliver plays through all of these rounds, um, I've got four out in round 12, uh, one out in round 13, just being Stuart, um, five out in round 14, and then eight out in round 15, which I don't think is too unmanageable because I think they're they're all pretty common players. You know, your Bontempelli's, your, your Rosie's, Cornelio, um, Tom Green, these sorts of guys. So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, I'm pretty confident that I should be able to trade into some players coming off their buys um, earlier in the season. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot at the moment. Guys, I've, I've tasked you with coming prepared with a, a premium from each line, excluding the rucks, obviously, because we, we know there's only really three players that are, that are relevant there, or four players. But Three, uh, a premium from each line that you're looking to bring in during the buys or a player coming off their buy. Nico, who have you or who are you going to target? Yeah, so I think, I don't know if there's anyone I like in round 12, to be honest, but I think potentially uh, I'll be looking at bringing Doherty back at, at some stage through the buys um, mm-hmm. and Sicily. Um, so I just don't know if there's anyone from the round 12 buy that I'm going to target into, uh, but they're the ones that I'll be looking at ideally to, to finish my side with. Yep, not Jack Sinclair from round 12? I've already got him. Um, oh, you got him? No. Yeah, but he's... Um, not, not Jack Steele? Uh, in my mids, yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah, potentially yeah. Jack Steele in my mids. Um, Lockie Neal, big time. I'm really keen mm. to bring him back. I think he's, I think he's back to his best. Uh, and potentially... Libba, maybe, but he's kind of a bit too expensive, I think, now. Um, forwards, I've been pretty stacked for forwards the whole year, so 
yeah, maybe Butters, maybe Jeremy Cameron, but I'd be flicking another primo to get to them. Yeah, fair enough. Bandit, what about you? Who who are you going to be targeting? Yeah, look, I'm I'm pretty keen on Lockie Neal as well. Um, I think he's got a pretty good run coming up with uh, with the Lions, so he's definitely one I'm looking at um, to hopefully just you know flip an Ashcroft um, to a Neal either side of the of the Brisbane buy there, but. Um, even someone like a, a Chad Warner or someone like that coming off their buy at a pretty heavily discounted price. Um, he had a really good game on the weekend. Could just be that sort of wild card um, M7, M8 player that um, could just get on a on a real hot streak for you and and push up the rankings um, as a bit of a point of difference. So um, it's those sorts of players I think um, in a slightly you know less expensive bracket um, that um, that I'll be looking at because I've kind of got most of the sort of key players, you know, Oliver, Bontempelli, um, Dacos, Stuart, Dawson. I've got all those guys at the moment and I've got English and, and Marshall as well. So, um, yeah, it's really about sort of trying to pick the eyes out of a couple of value picks and, um, yeah, make your team a little bit unique compared to, you know, the ones that are in front of you. I think that's you know, a really good opportunity that the buyers present. So, um, you know, this is, a, this is the time where you can take a bit of a punt on someone and if it doesn't work out, you know, it's not, not the end of the world because the upside can be can be huge. Yeah, very well put. Um, my probably number one target is James Sisley. Um, love the way he goes about it as, as Hawthorne skipper. He's 70K down in price um, and he scored back-to-back 134s. Um, if I didn't have Lockie Neal, um, I'd definitely be targeting him as well. 115K down from his original price. Um, he plays Adelaide this week, which obviously isn't really relevant, but after his buy, um, plays Hawthorne. Uh, and then Sydney secured a Richmond West Coast. He's got a, a very, very lovely run. Um, boys, DPPs, um, they come out next week uh, pretty exciting. The updated percentages have been released, or well, they're out at the moment. Um, who can we expect to gain DPP? Nico, is there anyone that interests you or that you're interested by? You know what, to be honest, I'm not all that fussed. And I think... Wow. I was, like I was all about Sam Walsh, and then I was like, mm-hmm. I've got Goulden and I've got Rosie in my mids who I need to flick forward. Mm. I'm like, it's it's just like bringing in another mid. Like, it doesn't matter that Sam Walsh has got a forward, um, you know, eligibility. Um, speaking of, he may not get that now. Um, I think yeah. he's at 34%, so he's had a drop. Um I mean, look, if there's a spot that, that opens up in my forward line, uh, an injury or something, then I'd 100% I'm keen on, on Sam Walsh. I don't think his role is brilliant, um, obviously because he's getting this DPP. So, yeah, unless he puts together, you know, a couple of 150s in a row and it just makes makes it impossible not to have him. I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I'm not all that fussed. Like, do you guys think it's a really big deal? Um, it's, it's, it helps in making players more relevant. Um, certainly the likes of Jack McRae, you know, you'd never pick him if, if he was mid only, or you, you obviously would, he's, he's got, he's a super coach legend, but certainly this year he hasn't lit the world on fire, but when he gets forward status, I think he, he becomes a whole lot more relevant. Um, players like Jaden Short get defender status. Um, I don't know. I, I don't put too much weight on it, but it helps in, in that facet. Bandit. Do you believe in it? Um, yeah, it's it's a hard one this year because I feel like the guys who are going to get it in this second round maybe aren't as relevant as the first lot. Um, 
you know, you look at someone like Bontempelli last year who was who went from being, you know, someone who was in the sort of 10 to 15 top midfielder bracket last year and then all of a sudden he gets forward status and bang, he's, he's a number one forward. Um, we just don't really have anyone like that at the moment. Um, Christian Petrarca's had a bit of a drop. Um, he was one that I had my eye on up until um, last week and his percentage has, has dropped down to 29% forward. So, um, you know, if Oliver misses this week, I can't see him getting back to um, that 35% threshold. So... Um, he's one that I definitely have my eye on as a as an F1 candidate if he did get DPP, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen now. Um, Max Gorn's the other one who you could maybe have a look at, but again, his scoring hasn't been amazing this year. It's been pretty up and down with, with Grundy and the team and also spending a bit more time forward. So, yeah, there's no one really that I'm, I'm super keen on at this point. I think, you know, the buys are still about picking the best players that you can and, um you know, DPP shouldn't really sway you too much from that. Um, you just need to look at the best players in their positions, regardless of what their what their um, DPP status is. McRae is an interesting one. Um, for some reason, mm. I think with his role and, and stuff, I just haven't really even like thought about him much. Um, the fact that he's dropped 145 on the weekend probably makes it a bit more relevant, but he's got an 81, an 88, and a 96 before that. I mean, like, the guys in our forward line, you know, they're doing that, like, easily. So, mm. Could you justify maybe leaving Dunkley or Taranto in your mids for the rest of the year and opening up a spot up forward? Yeah, potentially. But, I mean, it's just the same thing, isn't it? You might as well just bring whoever you're going to bring in and, and leave him in the mids anyway. So, yeah, yeah I, I, look, I don't know. Look, potentially. But I, I just don't think it's as, as important as, as it has been in previous years, particularly because the midfielders this year aren't doing overall as well as they have in the past. And we've stacked our forward lines. We've stacked our defenders because that's where the value has been. So, yeah, that, that's just my take on it. It's going to be a sad day when all these, um, when all these players don't have forward status next year. Dunkley, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taranto, Rosie, Butters, all these guys, there's no chance these blokes will have DPP next year. Yeah, well, I mean, Nico, going off what you said, this is probably the first year in, in a while, in a long time, that players who are getting midfield status are, are becoming more relevant than players getting forward or defender status because, you know, you can throw them into your midfield. Um, I, I put a lot of weight into, you know, obviously the players with the highest averages are the ones that you want. I've, I've got Dawson sitting in my midfield. I don't really see myself swinging him up to defence. He's the highest averaging or one of the highest averaging players in the comp. I'm pretty happy for him to just sit in midfield, and you know I don't I don't need to put him in defence anytime soon. I've got Errol in in midfield as well. Um, yep. So yeah, I mean these these DPPs they they're cool um, and they're flashy and they're new and they're exciting, but in terms of the, the weight that they hold, I don't, yeah I don't know if it's too much, and I certainly wouldn't be you know I wouldn't hold uh, I wouldn't put Walsh in a must have category because he's getting forward status. It it helps, but yeah mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know yeah I don't know. Um, Touching on, on Jaden Short, he currently sits at 34% um, defensive split. But, uh, Bandit, I think you put in our uh, our little chat um, just with you you and me and Nico. That number's not going to stay that high with Jacob Hopper out. He's going to have to spend more more time in the midfield. And what I thought was a was a lock to get gain defender status, um, it doesn't seem that way anymore. Can you... Is there anything else on that? Like, is he? Is there a chance that Richmond can bring in a midfielder that, to take that role away from Short, or is he locked in to play that midfield role for the next couple of weeks? Well, it's a good question. I mean, 
we could ask the coach, but it sounds like the coach might be on the way out as well. So yeah. you never know. We might just have they might have an interim coach for the rest of the year, and they might completely spin the magnets on us. So that'll be Huge that'll news, be by the way. yeah, that was massive news just before we before mm. we jumped on for the, for the pod. But um, yeah, look, it's it's kind of hard to to see short maintaining that defender uh, ratio given Hopper's out at the moment and, and will be out for you know at least probably until Richmond's buy, I think. Um, so, yeah, it did look like he was on track for defender status, and he probably was one that um, would have been a point of difference as a, as a defender potentially. But, um, yeah, I, I think his um, percentage is probably going to be a bit low given that they pushed him into the midfield a bit last week, and I'd expect that to continue in the next couple of weeks. Guys, the SC Playbook subscription package, $50 for the full package, gets you NRL, AFL, and BBL for 12 months. Um, or you can just pay 30 bucks to get the AFL. Extra premium articles every single round. Access to our WhatsApp group with weekly Q&As with contributors and the SC Playbook community. Access to our major unlimited group prize, um, which is $500 for the top prize, uh, which goes to the top-ranked subscriber to knock off our team. Um, or if a non-subscriber wins, we'll split that $250 each between the winner and the runner-up. Unlimited group code is 345511. Um, guys, what, what are you doing trades-wise this week? I already touched on what I'm doing. I, I think I'm just going to do the one trade, and that's Sam Simpson to George Wardlaw. Bandit, is, is anyone coming into your team, anyone going out? Uh, it's kind of a little bit dependent on on teams this week. Um, as I said, I've obviously got Oliver, so I'll probably hold him. Um, honestly, I'm pretty happy to just kind of sit tight um, this week and just wait for the buys um, next week. Um, yeah, it kind of just depends on who gets named from a rookie point of view. Um, I'll need one of Sharp, Johnson, or Drury probably to get named as cover for Oliver. Um but, yeah, loopholes are kind of tricky this week. So, um, yeah, pretty happy to just kind of sit tight um, and, and not make any trades. It'll be the first time that I haven't traded since uh, since round two because, um, yeah, I've been going pretty hard with trades. So I think I, need a, I think I need a spell. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. I think I'm just going to yeah. sit tight, mate. Yeah, um, that's the plan. That, that's why I went early with Fleeton last week. Uh, unless, as Bandit mentioned, if teams um, drop some, you know, significant outs, um, I've still got, you know, Mitchell on the field, who, who I'm happy to keep there. I've got Simpson, Chincotta, Sharp, kind of in the mids, playing for one spot, and I've got JVR still um, on field, and, and Davy is another option. So, yeah, I think the loops are hard this week, so we might have to be fielding some people straight out, and, and hopefully we don't get caught out with another sort of 20 from a, a Simpson. Hmm. Hey, what about... Before um, we go on, sorry, Charlie, are you guys going to build a bank going into the buys at all? Like, just bank some coin and then be ready to, to pounce come round 12 or after round 12? Yeah, I have already. I've got I've got 100k in the bank at the moment. So, yeah, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot. Uh, I've got Will Mott and Ashcroft still from a rookie point of view and they're obviously first up with, with the buys. So I'm pretty keen to just chop those guys and and go potentially one down, one up, maybe. Um, obviously, mm. Wardlaw will be on the bubble then. So, um, yeah, that's that's in my thinking for sure. Cool. Yeah, uh, given that we get three trades during the buys and two opportunities to downgrade and obviously upgrade, I probably won't um, just because I'll, I'll get the cash from, from there. Um, but I don't, I don't, it's, a, it's a good game plan. Nico, are you doing it? 
it just sort of seems like it's going to map out perfectly with these North boys um, to mm. potentially go double down and then just bank a couple of hundred K um, potentially. I think that's kind of where I'm leaning at the moment. Um, obviously that, yeah, if Simpsons drop, then, then I might have to pull the trigger. I don't necessarily uh, subscribe to the fact that he's a must trade. If he holds his spot, I think I hold him because um, he could just have another good game and then play through the bias potentially for us. So I think that's that's worth a hold and, and another look if he if he does get selected. Mm-hmm. Sam Simpson with a break-even of 59. Um, he's scored well. He's got an average of 58. But I will say that in the games that he has scored well, he scored two goals, one, two goals, one, two goals, one, one goal. And in the game that he didn't score a goal, he dropped a 20. Um, obviously, he was subbed out, so... There's that, but um, he's a forward. I'll be he's trading him out. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't trust him on field. I think that's why. Well, that's part of the reasoning why I'm bringing Wardlaw in, um, just because I think he's probably. I mean, we only have one week of, of sample size, but I reckon he's probably the safer on field option, um, and I'll be able to loop him with with Harry Sharp. So yeah, there's the reasoning in that. Um, Giant guys, what about you? Tasty fixture, hopefully, for, for Simpson to bag a couple. True. Yeah, true. Oh, look, I, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't say he's a must trade out. Um, I said Cade Chandler was a must trade out last week. Um, I think he had a break even of 92 and he, he got in the low 80s or something. Um, so, yeah, you can definitely still hold him. Um, for captaincy this week, I personally love the look of Marcus Bonham Pelly the VC um, against Gold Coast into Jordan Dawson uh, with the armband against the Lions at Adelaide Oval. Um, I forgot what he was averaging at Adelaide Oval, but it's ridiculously high. Um, he had the pretty poor score there two weeks ago, um, but I think that was just an anomaly. He'll bounce back pretty well. Bandit, who are you targeting this week for uh, for VC and C? Yeah, it's a little bit tricky with um, with loopholes this week, as I sort of touched on earlier, because Sydney play the first game, which means a lot of us who still have Roberts won't be able to use him as a as a loophole and Gold Coast play on on Saturday night. But there's not too many players in those first sort of three or four games that are really captain material in my in my view. So yeah, it makes it a little bit tricky this week. Um, could we could we VC Golden on on Friday night? I know you remember when he absolutely touched mm. up Carlton on uh, in the preseason, I should say. Or, that, that's still that's still fresh in the mind, I guess. But um, yeah, Sydney obviously don't have the same team in as what they did um, on that night. So he could be a left field option potentially. Um, but I think I'll probably just end up playing it safe. Maybe Bontempelli into into Laird or someone like that who was who was really good on the weekend and um, posted a big score. So um, the other one you could look at maybe is, is Dunkley, who was also really good for uh, for Nico's team last week. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a lottery this week. I think um, a, a good captain score could really set you apart. I don't know how mm. you guys are VCing so late in the round. Um, my loops. Yeah, I might not be able to. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the one yeah, the one thing you could the one thing you could rely on is if Drury gets dropped, um, North play on Sunday at three twenty, so he could be that sort of last last man standing loophole potentially. If you want to go Bontempelli into. Laird or Dawson or Neil or mm. someone like that, um, that might be an option. But, mm. you know, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of banking on that happening, to be honest. But if he gets named, I'll have to sort of rethink that. Yeah, I found it really hard this week, actually, as well, um, because of that. So I'm going to have to go early. And I've sort of landed on Jack Sinclair uh, as a VC. Mm. So having yep. been a little bit hurt by Gordon last week with the VC, uh, I'm just kind of, you know, 
I don't want to go there again, um, even though he could go massive. I think Sinclair, now that he's dropped that 160, his tail's up, his mullet's up. Um, so hopefully he can kick on. He's got a low score of 105 at Marvel this season. And that's yeah. multiple games, like four or five games or something. So I'm pretty happy to, to put the VC on him there. And hopefully, you know, we can jag another big one. At the moment, I've got the captaincy on Laird. Um, who have they got? They have got in the last game Brisbane. So, yeah, look, I think he's back. I think what he had 10 tackles, 10 clearances on the weekend. So he even left some points out there with um, three frees against as well. So it could have been a 160 plus score. Hmm. Um, and especially in a big loss as well to score 145. I think he's back in 10 and I'm pretty happy to, to put the C on him. Hopefully there's no tag from who tags for Brisbane. Like, Jared Berry or, or Berry, maybe, yeah. but he hasn't been playing as inside yeah. mid recently. Jack Steele might yeah. not be that yeah. in the round either if you're looking for something a bit different. Um, Hawthorne do give up yeah. to, to midfielders, so he could be a, a left field VC option. Then you just bank on Bonds or Pelly or, or Laird or like, someone like that. Sorry, does Bonds and Enoch scare you at all as a captaincy shout? Like if they, nah. if they're up, you know, it's in Darwin. Like if they're up by a bit, will they just ice him? I don't know. Um, no, not really. I think he played out the game, didn't he, on the weekend? I, I didn't see that game. I was playing for him myself, but I think he played out the game, really. It didn't seem to phase him too much. Yep. I think Bulldogs just had a lot of players that scored really well on that day, and he just didn't need to do as much. So, um, no, I wouldn't be, wouldn't mm. be too concerned about that if it was if it was me. Yep, cool. Yeah. He's, he's the captain of the team. I, I think they, they need him on field, and he probably wants to stay on field. For as long as he can. Um, what I was going to say, though, is, is Connor Nash's performance on the weekend. 148 from 30 touches, 8 marks, 8 tackles. I don't rate him as a player. Um, as a Hawthorne fan, I, I really <laughs> don't like him. But I, I just think given that performance, um, I, I don't think the Hawks use him as a tagger this week. Um, I would have said, yeah, Sinclair or Steele are, are in danger. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think the way that he won his own footy, they probably just want to let him play his own game. Bandit, do you have any thoughts on that? I thought you were going to recommend him as a trading option then, Charlie. I was no, going to no, him. God no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a tricky one. I feel like the Hawks have kind of moved away from tagging a bit with Finn McGuinness not in the team anymore. He was kind of the go-to guy for that for that role with his running capacity. Um, I can't really see him getting back into the team at the moment with the way they're sort of structuring their their mids at the moment, they're kind of just backing, you know, Day, Newcomb, Warple, Nash to kind of go head-to-head with the best midfielders of the opposition and, and try and get it done. So, um, yeah, I'd be surprised if they did end up tagging anyone um, this week, to be honest. O'Neill's probably going to tag Merritt, isn't he? Which might mm, yeah. stop him being a legitimate captaincy shout, potentially. Uh, I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too concerned about that, personally. I think Merritt's, Merritt's much more capable of working through a tag than Day was. I think it's a I mean, tagging Day and tagging Merritt is whole league different in, entirely. He's done an O'Neill's done a job on Noah as well. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. They do play a bit late in the round, Essendon, to be VCing Merritt potentially, which could be a bit of a risk. Oh, I, I just mean as a, as a captaincy mm. shout, oh, not, not, a, not a vice captaincy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't know. Mm. Mm. I mean, against West Coast, yeah. I think it's, it's it's tasty coming off a of 162. Averaging 110, you yeah. get a lot worse. Man in form. Yeah, exactly. 
Speaking of man in form and, and playing for the Bombers, Mason Redmond, um, he's been sensational the last two games. So I, I just thought I'd, I'd hype him up for a bit. He had a disastrous month from from round five to eight, uh, but yeah, he's he's got a one thirty six and a one hundred one, and oh, I probably wouldn't label him as a VC option or a captaincy option, but oh, I just thought I'd hype him up where uh, wherever possible. Super pod. We've uh, super pod, super pod, exactly. Um, anyway, we're excited to link up with Bet Art for the twenty twenty three footy season. Each round, we'll be producing our exclusive SC Playbook special market of our own. Uh, it's not officially out yet, but I can give you a bit of a teaser um, that I believe it involves Sydney Wynn, uh, Chad Warner, 30 touches, uh, and Errol Golden, 120-plus AFL fantasy points. Um, I think that's the multi. Um, it'll be confirmed tomorrow. Um, and uh, if you want to find it, head to any of our articles um, and follow the link. Uh, it's for ages 18-plus only. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Nico, do you like the sound of that? Because I know I know you're a big fan of the better markets. Yeah, I was just wondering what the odds were on that one, if you knew that. Yeah, odds odds haven't been confirmed yet. Okay. Um, what, what, I do what like that. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, the, I cashed uh, out my Boston Celtics bet today, so I was pretty happy with that. Um, yeah. yeah, look, yeah, I don't mind the sound of that. I think I think Gordon's gonna gonna have a decent day out. Um, Warner as well. Yeah, look, the Blues are struggling. Yeah, I mean, the Swans did just fall over the line against the Kangas, so I don't know if I'm going to be putting my heart mm. on it, to be honest. No, nah, maybe, uh, maybe a cheeky tenor. Um, mm. Is there any other value that you like during the week? I personally am a big fan, and, and this is totally unbiased, but I do like Hawthorne at the line against St Kilda at 27.5. They're coming in red hot after a, a demolition against the Eagles, um, and I think they'll be up and about... So that's paying a dollar ninety. Might chuck a, a cheeky twenty on that. Um, any other value elsewhere? I can't. I'm looking at the market now. I can't really see too much, um, to be honest. I think the market all seems to be pretty much what I'd sort of put it at. Um, yeah, you know, unless the Tigers have a, a new coach bounce <laughs> uh, at home <laughs> against Port, but um, they're flying, so probably not. Yeah, it's, actually, know, it's not a bad shout though. To be honest, I mean, we saw how close North Melbourne got to to Sydney, and Sydney were were very high favourites. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind taking Richmond at the line. I think that's a pretty good bet. Bandit, what about you? Is there anything that jumps out? Um, yeah, I was just having a scroll through. I actually don't mind um, the the same game multis aren't out yet, but um, I wouldn't mind um, going Max King and Mitch Lewis to kick three goals each uh, in the Saints in the Saints Hawthorne game. Couple of mm. boys that are in in good form at the moment. Max King came back in on the weekend and kicked four, and Mitch Lewis beat West Coast on his own. So, uh, yeah, that could be a, a tasty one under the roof. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, we're almost at the end of the, of the potty, guys, but we've got some uh, some listener questions that have come in. Uh, Bandit, I'll start with you, and this comes from Corey Blackledge on Twitter. Um, where is it? Oh, here we go. Is it worth trading uh, Adam Saad or Will Day this week? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I would probably say not. Um, as we talked about, Day was Day was tagged on the weekend um, when a lot of people thought that he wouldn't be. So that was probably the reason for, for a down score from him. Um, and Saad, I mean, is just a reflection of how Carlton are playing at the moment. Like, just pretty boring, safe, um, uninspiring footy from 
from the Blues at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think you've probably got to stick fat with those guys and just concentrate on on getting your team set up for the buy rounds. And if, you know, for whatever reason, those guys still aren't going as well as you'd like um, by the time their buy comes around, then you can maybe look at trading them then. But, um, yeah, I think from from my point of view, um, when you get to this time of year, it's it's about buy planning and getting your team set up as well as you can. And um, that means if that means holding an underperforming promo or two, then, then so be it. Nico, this one comes from BK Your Shout on Instagram. What do we do about rookies? I've got McKenna and S Ryan that need to go. Yeah, look, we've touched on rookies a bit. There's a, a few good options. I, I agree that McKenna and Ryan are both trade outs. So, not knowing your team, um, if you were to go McKenna down to Fleeton, you'll bank 156k there, and then you might be able to. I'm assuming. You've got Ryan in your forward line and, and not as R2. You'll be able to get someone at, at 516K. So if you do have a ruck, then maybe you'll have to go like a Max Gorn or something like that. But if you need a forward, then Cogs is in that price bracket if you don't have him. The other options in the forward line aren't flash. You're kind of looking at Caleb Daniels sort of type players. So in that situation, you might hopefully be able to, to swing a, a Mitchell or something forward uh, and then bring in uh, either a defender uh, or obviously swing a, a mid down into the forward line and, and bring in someone like a Jordan Degoe, um or a Lockie Whitfield, etc. So I think that's sort of the way you should be headed. And um, yeah, I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom on the rookie front. I think you should be fine. Bandit, last question of the night goes back to you and it's from Sam Allen on Facebook. And this is an interesting one. I really like this one. Bailey Dale. Um, just for context, he is 114k down from his original starting price. He averaged 102 in 2022 um, and 95 the year before that. With Jason Johansson out injured, does he go back to a 100 plus average? Yeah, I reckon this is a this is a great call. Um, yeah, with JJ out, I think that that role for for Dale is really there for taking again. I was just looking through the stats just before you read that question out and. He had seven kick-ins uh, on the weekend for the Dogs, and that was the most um, for their team by, by a fair distance. The next best was um, was Ed Richards with with just two. So, um, yeah, look, if he's going to be doing that um, week in, week out for the next little while, I think he's absolutely a, a value play that you can pick up. The only real question for me is that he is another round 15 by player. So it's a question of do you wait, you know, potentially a month or so and then try and get him then when he's potentially gone up a bit in price? It kind of feels very team dependent. If your round fifteen is not looking too bad, then you can maybe take the plunge. But um, I think the rest of us will probably just need to wait and see. Break even of twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's tempting. He's yeah. got a really nice four hundred and forty seven k. I agree. I think it's a really good shout. Um, out for two months too, JJ. Yeah, it's like a yeah. And I've just just going off the Supercoach website, um, Dale's only projected to get up to. Uh, 478k uh, after his buy so he actually might not be that expensive um we'll see i really like it i um if you can't get up to a primo and you've got just enough to get up to a mid-pricer i think he's probably the number one option out there um maybe mason redmond <clears throat> at 30 30 000 more but um no, i think bailey dale is a really good shout great question sam um sorry nico do you have anything to add no, no, that's all. No, I think. Oh, sorry. Um, I, I, think heard, I thought I heard you speak. No, no. sweet. Oh, well, or was it you, Bandit? Was it? Was it someone? No, no. <laughs> Jeez, we're hearing voices <laughs> again, mate. From me here, aren't we? 
I'm still, I'm still. Sorry, I don't know if you guys read my uh, my weekly wrap, um, but I played golf on or yesterday. Oh, here we smashed go. my record, and so I'm, I'm a bit, I'm still a bit jittery. Uh, I remember approaching the last tee off, and my hands were shaking, and I just, I knew I needed to hit a good drive. There was nothing going on left. I just had to aim as right as I could, and yeah, got it in the fairway and broke ninety for the first time ever. So oh, I'm still up and about. I'm Brilliant. still pumped. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, um, not I saw quite that as good cringy, as Eddie. cringy photo of you with your your ball signed and your score on there. <laughs> <laughs> I still got the scorecard. Actually, oh, here we go, guys. Yeah, still got the scorecard. Might get it framed. Who knows? Yeah. Do you play the, the same uh, Sterling Golf Club every week? No, nah, I I just go wherever I can really. Um, okay. Whether it's with Eddie or or just with mates. But another Sterling Golf Club. If you're in South Australia, check it out. Um, we're not sponsored by them, but hopefully we get a sponsor- sponsorship soon. I get some free golf. That'd be nice. <laughs> playbook golf day. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. That's Tim flies out to Adelaide, please. Thank you. Yeah. Tim, if you're listening, we'd, uh, <laughs> we'd love to have that. Uh, Bandit and Nico, thanks very much for, for jumping on the potty tonight, guys. Um, it's been great. Great little chat. Nico, hopefully the kids are, are not sick anymore and yeah, you can, uh, sleeping. I, uh, I actually sleeping. had six and a half hours of uninterrupted sleep last night. I woke up feeling human. It was lovely. Wow. That's awesome. Ah, very good for you. Bandit, enjoy the uh, footy training tomorrow night. Hopefully you uh, you guys get another win and, and do better than me this week again. No, thanks, mate. Fingers crossed. Should be good. Fingers crossed. All right. See you guys. Thank you.